When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. If you're right with it, it gets quite graphic. Oh, yes. Hello, I'm Beth Murray, and this is One Torn Every Minute, the podcast where we talk about giving birth. Today, I'm joined by the lovely writer and comedian Lucy Porter. Lucy, let's <laughs> plunge straight into your cervix. Do, do. I knew it was going to get graphic. I didn't realise how quickly we were going to go entirely genital. But yes, feel free. Everyone's had a poke I around in my cervix. Beth, so <laughs> you'll only be joining a cast of thousands. <laughs> it's a metaphorical poke around your cervix, oh, okay. at least not, not literal. Yes. Um, but firstly, I'd like to summarise um, mm. how many times you've given birth and when. Okay, I have given birth twice. The first time it was in September 2010. It was the 20th. I even remember the date. Even the date. Isn't that incredible? It's incredible. That it still comes back to me after all this time. into your brain. And the next one was December the 28th, 2011. So two, two births in quick succession, which in some ways was quite a good way to kind of, you know, do one and then get straight back on the birthing horse get it over with <laughs> that's probably a thing about that's probably a piece of equipment you can get but mine was metaphorical um and i know it's kind of dodgy when children are concerned to mention a favorite mm-hmm. but in this circumstance <laughs> did a you have birth. a favorite birth well do you know it's interesting in the same way that one cannot pick a favorite child um the, both of the births were good and bad in different ways um so I would say the second one was my son's birth was easier but less exciting, <laughs> and I'm using the word exciting, exciting yeah, you know, really under advisement there. Um, but yeah, my daughter's. I mean, it was the first time, and it was all fascinating. Often, I think these are going to be first time births because they're just so much more new and raw as an experience. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot that was terrifying about the second one but uh but for sheer visceral terror <laughs> the first that's one, what we're after yeah 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 if you want the good medical grim stuff i mean to be fair i think both of my births were quite ordinary and i think in a way that's what i i quite like no such about. thing but do you know what but birth. you do hear you hear about really terrible births and then you hear about the really you know, because obviously some of my friends have had horrific experiences, mm. and it's you know, yeah. and I think it's everyone needs to get their birth story out. I think you know, however traumatic or otherwise it's been, everybody needs to talk about it. You need that catharsis. This is why this is great because I can do it on a grand scale. <laughs> Just let but it all I bored everybody, um, and, you know, all my friends. But you know, we've all heard each other's birth stories to to death, and some of them are really awful, and that you know is 
terrible and um but then I also have friends who've got really amazing wonderful birth stories where like my yoga teacher has the most nauseating Hang on, she didn't orgasm or anything oh she? I mean she probably did she probably she's keeping it to herself For but yeah God's no sake. she had this amazing you know easy like I just breathed the baby out <laughs> it just sort of I just took a few breaths and I just thought about the glory of the universe and then and suddenly like there was a flower. baby exactly yeah my petals opened and then um, and she but she realizes that she's nauseating um but and that everyone hates her that everyone hates her but she's still you still need to talk about it even if it's been good but mine I would say mine is somewhere in the middle and I think that's quite important that you know you don't you don't necessarily always want to hear the horror stories or the brilliant stories no middling I think is what we're after it was awful but we got through it and I did it again yes so what I like to do is take you through one birth from beginning to end. Oh, lovely. Okay. Um, and we'll delve into the other births as well. Yes. Um, just for reference. <laughs> and maybe I might share my uh, birth experience a little bit where relevant. Yes. Um, but essentially, we're, we're focusing on one labour from start to finish. Right. Um, so if I can take you back to... So it is like one born every minute. In the, so we're going to do the thing yeah, of pretty arriving much. at the hospital. But we're just going to visualise. Yeah, okay. Um, so I'm taking you back to 2010. 2010, September 2010, the 20th of September, two days before my due date. So I, we were very lucky, actually, because the night before, on the 19th of September, my husband had gone out and had a few too many drinks. <laughs> And was there not a moratorium on that sort of thing? Well, no, he was doing that thing of, oh, I'd better get some drinking in before the baby arrives. Oh, I'll have my nights out. And all you know, his friends were like, oh, yeah, come out and, you know, b- b- enjoy your freedom and all that stuff. Um, so he had had a very heavy night. And uh, so it's very lucky that Emily didn't come a day before. But I think his slightly tired and emotional state <laughs> <laughs> throughout the uh, the birth sets was, him up really for fatherhood. Exactly. Yes, he was already feeling a little bit drawn. So did it start uh, quietly, or did you go full on straight away? So we had been watching uh, the Shane Meadows film. Dead Man's Shoes, starring Paddy Considine. Well, that's a lovely thing to get you in the mood. <laughs> it was. You know, I didn't know. I thought, I kind of felt like, well, I've got two days, you know, I, I don't need to be doing anything. I'd, I'd sort of pictured it. I mean, I had extraordinary plans about this birth, and we had drawn up. So, know, so take me through them. What, oh, what well, like? basically, so I was going to, the day that I was due to give birth, I was going to be packing my bag for the hospital. and Did you just assume you were going to give birth on the day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought, well, they've given me a date. I'm, okay. I'm generally very Put law-abiding. So I just, when well, no, I thought, if anything, I'd be late because it was first baby and everyone says, mm. oh, you'd be late with your first baby. Um, so, yeah, so... You know, and I'd drawn up this incredibly elaborate birth plan about wanting not to have painkillers. We'll come to all of that later, I'm sure. About how I look back on the birth plan and like, oh, you young, tender-footed idiot. You, uh, yeah, but you don't know, do you? You don't know. You make the plan because they tell you to make the plan. Uh, And... So, yeah, so I, I was thinking, oh, I'm not going to give birth for a while. But anyway, so we were sitting there. We were watching Dead Man's Shoes. Paddy Considine was just about to kill a man. <laughs> and um, and I felt my waters go. Oh, that starts the beginning. That was me. Oh, right. That, that's how my first one happened. Yeah. But it's not supposed to happen like that. You're supposed to get contractions yeah. first. Yeah, I believe so. But, uh, yeah, no, I... But it was very quick, actually. So the waters went... And I thought I just thought I'd wet myself, 
because you just don't know, do you? It's such a weird thing. Even it's a very weird sensation. Because the second time my waters did break after labour started, and I don't yeah. remember anything. I don't remember the water no, breaking at all. But yeah, there was a weird. There was a sort of a gush. A sort yeah. of. But but it could have easily been mistaken for a, an unfortunate wee, <laughs> and um, uh, and I leapt out of bed, and then but almost immediately had my first contraction, and at the point I had my first contraction, I threw up. Really? Is that yeah. a thing? I don't know. It was. It definitely was for me. And I think I threw up second time around as well. I'm terrible with pain. Really terrible. I have a pain threshold. Really low pain like, threshold. I cannot even... Uh, I, I've been threaded my eyebrows. I had my eyebrows threaded in a department store once and I had to leave halfway through with one <laughs> threaded eyebrow because I couldn't... Because, you know, it's a public arena and I was like, I don't want to scream the department store down. I'm, you know, I'm in the middle of... I think it was Jenner's in Edinburgh. I was like, I can't... Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, incredibly low pain I would tolerance. say not being able to tolerate threading means that childbirth is going to be pretty <laughs> steep yeah. hill to climb. I knew that it, we were in for a rough ride. But uh, Why did you have no pain relief on your birth plan then? Well, because everybody said, oh, it's a different kind of pain. And, well, I had done this thing where I had gone for hypnosis. Oh, yeah, the yeah. hypnobirthing. Well, it wasn't proper hypnobirthing, right? I didn't want to shell out the full amount for a proper hypnobirthing. So what I'd done was I'd got a sort of backstreet hypnotist. In fact, no, I'm being unkind. <laughs> he was a very good hypnotist. Um, but uh, but I also, I just thought, I don't want to go in a group. I'd done enough group activities of sitting on a rubber ball, talking about my cervix. And I thought, I just want to do something that... Also, it's for me, it was very difficult to... I was working right up until... I gave birth so it was very difficult for me to schedule in any like NCT or anything I didn't do any NCT because we were in Edinburgh when I would have been doing my NCT in August and I had I'd been doing a voiceover the day before I gave birth because I was I'm sensing that you were really quite (coughs) ill prepared I was ill prepared at the same time over prepared in other ways so yeah I, I hadn't really I'd thought about it a lot but in lovely abstract terms rather than actual practical terms well hypnobirthing does encourage you to think about it in lovely flower opening yeah terms. well it was a balloon in my case oh I, I had a blue one. balloon that I had to picture um <laughs> so he said um he said when you feel a contraction come on then you start to picture a blue balloon and as the contraction progresses and gets more intense then you picture the blue balloon inflating and when you get to the point where you think you can't bear the pain anymore you just picture the blue balloon floating away and surrender yourself to a higher power so i tried that's the first that contraction really I, sounds like I, bullshit i know well I, basically as soon as my contraction started i pictured the blue balloon floating away with all my money in it that i'd given him <laughs> for the hypno thing because i was like well i'll never see that money i could have spent that money so much better but anyway i it, was gonna say it would just pop in your face straight yeah, away <laughs> yeah the balloon was you know a shriveled mess like <laughs> like my dreams but uh but no I mean in a way though I think it kind of helped me not worry too much because I I sort of thought I was managing things and yeah. in a way it's something to do exactly. in the run-up exactly and it's all fret. about keeping yourself busy isn't it yeah and so that's yeah that was I think it was quite a good thing to do actually um I mean the other things I did I spent so long massaging almond oil almond oil into my perineum 
Oh yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, <laughs> hours I didn't know of my how to life. do it, I so know. I was just sort of poking around absent-mindedly. It's not an area of your body that you ever pay any attention to. Is no, it? it really is the taint, as I believe people call it. I'd never considered my perineum until I was brought face to face with it in pregnancy, <laughs> and it becomes very difficult in the latter stages of pregnancy to even sort of locate the perineum underneath everything. I'm not you sure know. mine exists anymore, no. but oh, I, I do remember having a rummage for yeah. a few weeks beforehand. And going, is that it? Is that it? Doesn't seem that big. How can, how can I massage that? Yeah, I did. I rubbed arm dog because I was so terrified of having an episiotomy, and that was my big thing. Was I do not want? I, I just you know whatever happens, I don't want to have an episiotomy. Yeah, it is a very pure kind of terror. Yeah. Um, the appease, the dread appease, we'll, we'll get to that. So oh, we you've, sure had, will. you've had your first <laughs> contraction. Yeah. You've thrown up. Yeah, all over the duvet. So it's like home is ruined now, so I have to go to the hospital. <laughs> and um, we were very close to... So I gave birth at uh, University College London Hospital. Big so up did there. I. Oh. So, it's such a popular place. Oh, it's amazing. The Elizabeth, it's Garrett, nice. Elizabeth Garrett Anderson wing. Um, and they were brilliant and amazing. And did they let you straight in? No, they did not. No, that's no, we, a pattern. We turned up and uh, I, at this point, I mean, I was absolutely regretting the hypnotherapy. <laughs> the balloon terrified. had gone. The balloon was somewhere over East Anglia now. It's just <laughs> gone. And, uh, yeah, we were in our old Peugeot 306. In fact, the, the thing about giving birth in the centre of London, folks, is... The parking nightmare. Apps. I mean, you know, everyone's hospital parking stories are terrible. But when we went to, we, we didn't do NCT, but we went to like the NHS prenatal, just like a one-off session, and um, everyone in there. The only thing they, they said at the end, after we've done all of our breathing and all that, they said, "Are there any questions?" And everyone said, "What about the parking? Is there parking?" They were like, "No, there's no parking." And then everyone kept going, "But but what about? I mean, come on, we're going to be in a car about to give birth. There must be somewhere you can stop." And they were like, "No, there is no way you can stop." And then we were like, "But what about when you have to take the baby home afterwards?" They went, "Yeah, there's nowhere. There's no way you can stop." Hang on, I, th- I remember taking the baby home, and we just sort of parked probably illegally, and yeah, then you, you just do. run. Yeah, that's it. Run you, with the car seat <laughs> because there's nothing you feel more like doing with a newborn baby that you're not entirely confident Charging with than running <laughs> into the streets of central London. But that is what you have to do. That so, what, what you did do. you do to get to the hospital? Then you drove in your car. Drove and then- in, drove in, and then um, Justin, my husband, who we should mention, he had a small part in this. It's whole a experience. minor role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had a, a brief contribution at various points to this saga. Uh, but so, yeah, he, he drove. I leapt out and ran into the EGA ward at the UCL and um, and was very dramatic. And the beautiful thing about being a performer, being a stand-up comedian, is that I wasn't embarrassed about making a scene. Did you all. ham it up? Oh, it did. I, well, I didn't need to because I was in so much pain. But, yeah, I screeched. At the poor receptions, I was like, you've got to let me, I'm having a baby. Like, as if everyone else in there isn't doing it. I said it was such an air of surprise. I think even she looked surprised. I think I was quite <laughs> convincing that for a moment she thought, having a baby, what, here? Someone having a baby? Oh, yeah, no, no that's unusual. what we do. That's what we do. So, yeah, so uh, they gave me short shrift uh, at first. So they um, had a little look said you're absolutely nowhere near giving birth go away <laughs> it's so humiliating oh, so it's more it is. when you think this is more pain than i've ever been in in my entire life and you're telling me this isn't even a thing when you say they have a little look i mean it's not a little look is it they no. do like 
give you a good old feel around. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're brutal. Yeah. They're, they're pulling no punches quite literally when they uh, stick their fingers up there. Yeah, and that's... When they then say, you know, like you're, you're a centimetre dilated, yes. it's like two blows in, in, oh in one. Oh, God, it's yeah. It so is. You're absolutely right. It's the sort of the ego <laughs> kind of collapses as you go, but I, I thought I was more important. I thought immediately. <laughs> so did you have to sort of go away again? Well, I did go away, but um, I... So because we didn't live very far away, I thought I'll try and walk home. But then there was just no way I was walking home. So then we, I think we went to, um, we went to a Costa coffee. I got a stamp. <laughs> the poor people in Costa. I'm getting a stamp for this. Oh yeah, I mean, but it's funny, isn't it? Because I don't, I have no recollection of any of it. Because of course, I just didn't. Yeah, care. it does become a bit of a blur. Yeah, but I, I was just wondering if cause I went back very quickly though. I think I again having that sense of entitlement of the <laughs> as someone who's used to being on a guest list Back quite frankly I was like well I don't queue I don't I know someone goes and gets me my drinks and I <laughs> so yeah I, I must admit I must have been a bit of a nightmare but I did I just I just said look I'm not going I'm not going to go home we can't get home we can't bloody park I'm going to go back in and actually then I went back in and there was a very lovely midwife who was very nice about my hair which I'll always remember. She was American and she said, oh, my God, have you had a blow dry? And I was like, no, I really have not had a blow dry. But uh, it was very much appreciated. You could have stage. gone for a blow dry instead of to Costa. I could have done. I mean, women do do that, don't they? They get like really, I suppose you do it straight after the birth for your photo shoot. Yeah. But not beforehand because you'd just ruin it. Well, you would, wouldn't you? Imagine that. Although it'd be quite good as an incentive to, to sort stay, of stay calm. calm. <laughs> I'm not gonna these these false lashes won't stay on. <laughs> I'm gonna have to preserve those. But yes, yeah, so I went back very quickly, and then this lovely midwife said, "All right, come on in, you come," um, because they were gonna fill a birthing pool for me because they have a lovely midwife-led unit. The spa bit at the top, unbelievable, and mm. it's beautiful. It's really nice, and it's pristine. And the reason it's pristine is because nobody ever actually gets to use it. That That's is my true. Yeah, yeah. I because... didn't get that to use it first time. Second time, I did. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah. good. And it's great. Oh, good. I'm glad someone has actually used it because I thought it was just They're for hard show. to come by. It was like by. a Barrett show home. Yeah, they are, those rooms are hard to come by. Yeah. But your performance must have been made you I worthy of it. I think she thought, here we go, I've got a, a drama queen on my hands. Let's just shove her in a room. Uh, but, yeah, so then uh, the, the first bit of drama, I suppose, was they got me in there and then they took my blood pressure and they went, oh, my God, your blood pressure's insane. Um we, you can't get into the pool with with that blood pressure. But that doesn't it doesn't sound surprising to me that your blood pressure would be quite high <laughs> because I'm a very anxious person. Well, I mean, well, the, the strength of my performance in reception had been <laughs> enough to raise. I mean, heart pounding. Exactly, an audience would have been their blood pressure would have been raised, let alone mine. But yeah, it is very stressful, and you think, yeah, of course I'm going to have yeah. high blood pressure. Um, but anyway, but yes. and also you'd think that the birth pool might bring it, you know, down. Yeah, a bit. but I suppose they don't want to get you in the water and then have to haul you out unconscious so uh, fair play to them really. and they were very nice about it how did they get it down uh they well then they, i can't remember what exactly happened it's so i think then i sat somewhere for a bit i sat in that room for a bit and then they gave me some gas and air which i didn't take to neither did i for no. some reason. you have to be taught how to use it i think i think i didn't quite get it um justin had a go on it said it was nice but he was probably calmer yeah. and was able to... To actually ingest something. Whereas, yeah, I think I was <laughs> just yeah. sort of breathing into it more than it was 
putting anything into me. Yeah, second time round, I, I was taught how to do it, and it was much better. Oh, was it? Like fairy gas when you were little in the dentist. Yes. You'd kind of swing away, and it, it really worked. But first time round was useless. Yes. You see, this is what I wish had happened is I'd done this podcast in between birth one and birth two. What <laughs> you need tips. to do is you need to get people who've just had one and are thinking about having another one. Because, yeah, I think... Because our two happened so close together in a way, you know, I sort of didn't have time to reflect on the first birth by the time the second one came around. No, so. you'd have just been still reeling from it. And yeah. then you go straight into it. Then it was it. straight into another one and I sort of was trying to forget it. But yeah, so I, something happened anyway where <clears throat> we sat there but then the blood pressure hadn't gone down enough and by that point I was like, please can I have some drugs because I cannot cope with this pain at all. So then I got taken to the medical ward but you have to go down a floor don't you you do demoted demoted but also just the logistics of getting yeah. you down a floor when you're in a state yeah yeah it's quite difficult i imagine yes i think a wheelchair might have been involved i mean justin's big he may have slung me over his shoulder fireman's caveman lift. style i don't know but that would have added to the drama of the performance <laughs> yes. Brian and Roger met at a support meeting for divorced men. Both are starting again. Hello, Roger. It's Brian. Um, thanks for helping me move in. Both are finding it hard. Hello, Brian. It's Roger. Um, yeah, no problem about um, helping you uh, move in there. One of them is nice. Good morning, Roger. It's Brian. I had that dream again about Carol Kirkwood. Brian and Roger is an addictive and hilarious podcast sitcom from Dan Skinner from Angelos Epithemiou and Shooting Stars and Harry Peacock from Toast of London. Great Big Owl. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I mean, the other thing, of course, is that, like, for dads or partners or, you know, for the for the non-active partner, I think it is quite a massive shock. It is, but you're being very sympathetic because... Well, yeah. I know, mean, they I'll, do just sit there. They don't have the searing agony of no. the... Uh, but it's funny, though, because I do remember the pain being really intense. But I didn't sort of panic about it, but I just thought we need to deal with this. We yeah. need to do something about this pain because I can't cope with it. And so then um, 
did go down to the medical floor and I think it was I think I must have dilated quite quickly because then pretty sharpish uh, an anaesthetist arrived and I have never loved a man more in my and I say that even if Justin's <laughs> listening to this I think he's big enough to take it but I've never loved a man more than I loved that man so he was giving you an epidural he gave me an epidural but best day of my life and, and was it really that dramatic Unbelievable, yeah, yeah. So he gave me the epidural, um, and it just worked straight away, like within seconds. I'm very susceptible to drugs, Beth. <laughs> susceptible to pain. <laughs> susceptible to drugs. I think I'm just very suggestible. Generally, you know, um, and you know, anything that happens, I take it in my stride. So my recollection of it, and this may not be true. In fact, we should probably have Justin here just for sort of verification. But I, my recollection of it was that I immediately just felt amazing, um, and then uh, and then just got some sort of rest. And because actually, this is when this is all condensed, obviously, isn't it? But some hours had elapsed yes, of by course. this time. So, I mean, actually, the whole process started at about 8.30 in the morning. The watching of Dead Man's Shoes and the throwing up and all of that, that was in the morning. And then we are now, we're now into sort of lunchtime, mid-afternoon, and baby Emily is not making her appearance until late evening. But, I mean, the epidural can slow things down, can't it? Yeah, so I had a long time of just sort of sitting about... But it was lovely. But that was, in a way, this is why I think I quite enjoyed Emily's birth because it was sort of drama and then a little bit of calm and then a bit of drama again at the end. But I had, like, there was quite a long period in the middle where I was sort of aware that I was having contractions but I couldn't really feel them. And I was sitting and it gave me a chance to get used to the fact that nothing had gone to plan in the way that I'd hoped and sort of gave me a bit of a breathing space to then to do the gear. actual labour bit, yeah. But I'm quite surprised by that, because doesn't it, does it make, because I had an epidural and it, it sort of, I guess it lessened it a bit, but I don't really remember that kind of calmness. And what you're saying is rather than numbness, you felt quite good. I think the the relief from the pain was such that I, I because I honestly would have given any money in the world... <laughs> To just forget the whole thing and go home, and you know that classic thing where people go, oh, "I don't," and you see it on one board every minute. Don't yeah. you? I don't even want this baby anymore. Just let me go home. It was all a terrible idea. Um, yeah, and I just was so delighted with not being in agony that I remember. No, I remember. I mean, actually, both times because the second time when I had John, the epidural didn't work the first time for some reason and that was awful because I'd had this expectation after the first time that I it was would all be lovely like, oh great the anaesthetist here and it's going to be amazing and then it didn't and then I was still in pain it did lessen it slightly but um but it, it was still painful and again you see being a bit arsy and being a bit entitled was very good because the you know, the midwife was saying, oh, no, well, you know, it's it, it's not meant to take the pain away altogether. And I was like, no, I had one before, and this is totally different. So you I were lucky enough to have to see, a comparison. Yeah, so I, I demanded to see the anaesthetist again, and he and he said, oh, yeah, she may be okay, fine, and then gave me another one, and it was fine. That makes me think my epidural didn't work. There's yeah. a spectrum of epidurals. Yeah, well, maybe, I guess so, because definitely the first time 
it was a, such a contrast that I would have married that anaesthetist. <laughs> and the There's always time, a hero in any birth story. And there, <laughs> there were so many. Oh, I mean, the... Um, because the thing I didn't realise as well, and this is naive of me, um, was I'd sort of thought that a midwife would stay with you throughout no, the entire no. process. <laughs> Till the end of their shift. Oh, my God. We had, we had well, I think because we, we'd just come in at the end of one shift and then we went through to the end of another one. So we had quite a few midwives. But again, you see, being a stand-up comedian and my husband being an actor, I think we quite liked the change of personnel with someone new to impress or <laughs> Do entertain. Do jazz fans. Or Exactly. So, yeah, we were... Um, there's something to be said when giving birth on being a little bit of a show-off, I think, because it, it gives you something else, again, to think about rather than just concentrating on the pain or the process. We both wanted the midwives to like us, and that gave us another objective. Something to focus on. And um, but but one of the midwives, the, the midwife we had at the end, she she and the anaesthetist. If I were making the movie of this, right, the the heroes are the anaesthetist who would be played by George Clooney, <laughs> and uh, the midwife who would be Viola Davis. Uh, oh right, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. But she she was just the nicest woman. Um, and when it all started to go a bit pear-shaped towards the end, uh, she she was just extraordinary. And we'd had, you know, we'd had perfectly nice midwives and the, the American lady who liked my hair, I was very pleased that she had received me at the beginning. That would be a cameo by Julia Roberts in the movie. <laughs> you know, just nice. But she's got great in. hair as well. She doesn't want to have better hair than you. Well, no, it, it would mean more coming from Julia Roberts <laughs> yes, in a way. Yes, good point, good Do you know point, what I mean? Yeah. Like, if Julia Roberts says you've got great hair, then you've come got really on, great you've hair. got really great hair. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so of all the midwives, the, the last one we had, was she was unbelievably good. And when you say it went pear-shaped, so you were very zen and happy about your yeah, epidural. Yeah, so we had a great time. We had a couple of hours. Drugs of are fantastic. Thinking, this is brilliant. What a lark. And we were having a laugh. Justin and I were like, oh, this is, you know, this you is You did weird. your type five. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were we were regaling the uh, the staff of UCL Crushing with hecklers. all our best stuff, but uh, yeah. And then the time came where they said, "All right, it's time to give birth now." And then, of course, the epidural starts to wear off, and they won't top it up because, because they you want you to, to push. push. So then it all got very real. This is the moment in the action where it becomes an action movie. Really, this yeah. is where Bruce Willis comes crashing in um and uh yeah so then uh lots of pushing but then because of the epidural they were like oh maybe you know you're still not you're still not doing it properly and also I think that because I'm quite wee I'm only four foot eleven um and my husband's massive Justin six foot five and mm. I was quite sort of big and <clears throat> I think that there was an assumption of frailty <laughs> on my part because I did feel like everyone was incredibly worried. And I was like, well, is there medically, is there anything? Because um, we'd had with Emily um, some, at her 20-week scan, they had had some concerns about her kidneys. And so we knew that we were going to have to stay in after she was born for a few days to have scans and we were going to have to go to Great Ormond Street. And so... I was, you know, that that was all playing on my mind that I was concerned for her, um, and so 
I so I started to panic and I was like why why are you panicking is this because of something you know is my blood pressure up or is there something with the baby or and they were like no 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 it's fine it's just that it's been a while and <clears throat> so anyway so eventually they decided they were going to intervene and we started off with Ventus Ventus the Vontu's machine, which is the hoover. The suction thing. They described it to me. They said, it's just a little hoover. We just hoover the baby out. Um, and that became a sort of great piece of slapstick with things waving about all over the place and the, the, the midwife and the doctor with their legs on the bed kind of tugging. And so nothing was happening there. And then um, they said, all right, we're going to go in... Um, uh, well, and then they said, well, right, we think this is going to be a C-section now, but we'll go and get the consultant. And uh, so at that point, I'm starting to panic and Justin's starting to panic. And it's gone from being this kind of quite chilled this thing is hilarious to, to being, oh, shit, this is really not going very well at all. And I'm now in quite a lot of pain because the epidural's worn off and I'm trying to push and just can't get it together and they're constantly monitoring to check that Emily's okay and you know so there's there's a general it's gone from fun to no fun at all um and sorry I'm just gonna cough I'm just gonna edit this one (coughs) there we go uh so then this consultant came in now here we have possibly the actual heroine of the movie Melissa who would she be played by? Now, God, this is going to have to be good. It would be an amazing, like, oh God, I mean, she's got to be kind of competent yet compassionate. She's got to be dynamic yet sympathetic. I, it's it's something that needs an actress of great depth and range. Meryl Streep. Ah, oh, it would be Meryl, like a young Meryl. Who's a young, a young Meryl? Meryl? Streep. Who's a young because she, you know, I mean, could it be Jennifer Lawrence? No, she's really young. She's really young. No, I mean, you want some gravitas? You do, you do. I mean, I love Jennifer Lawrence, but I don't feel that she was no Melissa. She, be she couldn't do justice to Melissa. Don't be ridiculous. Well, we'll say young Mer- Meryl Streep. <laughs> young Meryl Streep. Maybe Tilda Swinton. In a weird kind of, I don't know. That adds a quirkiness to it. It does, it does add a quirkiness. Anyway, she was very good. But she sweeps in and goes, right, no, let's, forceps, come on. The F word. Yeah, and I was like, not the, not my precious perineum. I've been rubbing (laughs) almond oil. What about the almond oil? (laughs) The amount I've spent on almond oil, you can't, but anyway, so obviously at that point, I'm like, yes, just do whatever you need to do. Um, So then the... Uh, forceps happened which pinched a little bit yeah I imagine it did um stings. it stings it does but you know at that point I think I think the worst pain was the contractions actually and I think the actual the pain of, of getting the baby out was I was then just so worried about the baby I was like, I don't you know you do get that sense that actually nothing else matters so I um I sort of, but and I don't remember. I think nature has kindly erased quite a lot of those moments. It does do that, doesn't it? Whereas I do, I remember John, the moment of John's birth, quite clearly. 
um, the actual moment of Emily coming out has been sort of overshadowed slightly because also as well we had a cast of thousands by this point in the room because the consultants come in and they've got all the medical students it being a teaching hospital all oh, the medical helpful, students floating around and they they did say they said oh do you mind if the medical students come in you know because obviously they need to see all different <laughs> but you didn't have any of... jokes left by then I didn't I couldn't impress them and that Beth is to this day gutting what upsets me is that maybe I... that's why you can't remember it <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do any riffs on forceps I can't wait to see the five seps or you know nothing like what a that waste I know I know it was a shame but yeah there was what I remember is there were hundreds of people in the room <clears throat> and then I mean and then Emily was born and then because there was sort of medical queries and they wanted to kind of make sure that she was okay so there was quite a long horrible time then where I was being sewn up oh um and so just to be graphic let's go there um you didn't have an episiotomy then because you didn't need one no I did no she did did she, she cut, cut you? first before she forcepsed oh forceps. right yeah I suppose that would make sense yes so uh yes there was a, a cut was made talking of the sting word it's, yeah it's stingy isn't it but you know that actually well this the sewing up afterwards was worse but didn't they give you an anesthetic I well, I mean, come on, it didn't touch the sides. If they did, by that time, I'd had the epidural. I'd had the good stuff. I wasn't gonna, <laughs> you know, nothing else was gonna be good enough for me after that. Because mm. I, yeah, there was sensation. It was. I mean, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad, but it was definitely. It was a sore feeling. Um, but yeah, but actually, you know, having dreaded it, the the thing that I really didn't want, and it now I think it wasn't really that big a deal. And in a way, then when I had John, then they just went, oh, we'll just reopen your episiotomy and then it will definitely be fine. It's just said in such a casual way, isn't it? It's like, yeah, 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 just open it up again. <laughs> yeah. That massive scar, yeah. Yeah, just, just, just tear my vulva there, that's fine, absolutely fine. But I think I was very lucky in that it prevented any further trauma. And I mean, you know... Again, beforehand, I'd read lots of research about how oh, it's better to tear naturally because that heals naturally and the scar tissue from an episiotomy can be difficult. And I have to say, actually, this is just between us listeners, but um, it I think it's still, it's like a little bit hard. Yeah. And, and it sort of, occasionally it gets like a bit itchy or weird. And, um, I, you know, and that is eight years on. But yeah, it feels I think that's like probably odd, quite common. Yeah, it's not I it's don't not feel right. the same. It's not right. I'll, I'll never there. be the same again. <laughs> well, one of my friends uh, gave birth at a very similar time to me. My my best friend from school, she gave birth the week before I did, which was fantastic to have. You know, the two of us going through it at the same time. But um, but yeah, she and I both, you know, a few months afterwards, we were like, "Have you have you looked down there yet?" And we we're like, "No, no, I'm never looking at it again. I'm don't, I don't want to see what." <laughs> It's a car crash. But then again, you know, and it does all go back and it's fine and it's, you know, it's what makes us what we are, isn't it? Well, I mean... Physical and mental scars. Unfortunately, I need plenty of tearing to justify the title. Well, exactly, and you've got some. Yes. You've got, you know, I tore a bit, cut a bit, it's all... It was all fine. It was all fine, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think I had built it up into such a big thing that actually I didn't need to worry about it. And in, you know... In uh, in compensation, I have two extraordinary two children, wonderful so babies. Blah blah blah. You know, you, you have to say that, don't you? But yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it is. It's all that. kind of worth it. And also because um, Emily 
was fine and uh, we stayed in hospital for three days, which was, I mean, that was the worst bit. Oh, my God. Hot and horrible and boring. Oh, and just no idea what to do and breastfeeding so hard and everything hurt and I couldn't go to the toilet and it was just really depressing. And you very much are on a, uh, you're on a nurse roulette Oh, yes. Uh, you, you know, know what you're going to get. Blimey now. Some of them are angels sent from heaven. And some of them are <laughs> furious that you've interrupted their working day to have a baby. Why have you had a baby when I'm trying to get things done? Ugh. Uh, so, yeah, some of them were awful. And the breastfeeding thing. I mean, I had so many people shoving my breasts <laughs> around <laughs> hither and thither trying to get Emily to latch on and it was all so yeah that was three days of, of as you say just overheated underfed kind of awful so when Justin bought the car around and you didn't have any time <laughs> you're really oh ready to leg it God, out of the I hospital was so so delighted to be out there yeah yeah I mean it's the nerve, it's a difficult one because loads of people I know have said that when you have a baby these days, they do try and get you out as quick as possible because obviously mm, they need the room. taking up space. Um, which is in its own way terrifying. But because we had to stay in for three days, that was pretty awful as well. And the second time mm. I was desperate with John, I was like, just get me home where I can yeah. have my own stuff around. I mean, even if I'd had, and I've longed to have a third one, but it, um, it, it's not going to happen now, sadly. Um, but uh, I, I mean, I would have, I think I would have tried to do it at home. Well, they encourage that now, don't they? I know. Particularly I know. if you've Sounds given birth mad. before. But yeah, well, because we were only, I mean, we live somewhere else now, but at that time we were very close to the hospital. And I thought so you could have transferred. I was never tempted by that. I wanted to be around drugs and expertise. Yeah. And, Surgical yeah. implements. Yeah, I mean, it's it is difficult, isn't it? Because you think, well, if anything goes wrong, you're going to any any or you're going to hospital anyway. Also, you mess up your house rather than the well, hospital. Well, that's true. <laughs> but ours was rented, so I was oh, like, yeah. it didn't matter. <laughs> Landlady can take care of it. She was lovely, so you know. But given that you're not going to do it again, but if you were to go back in time, yes, and tell yourself, oh, I've got loads. 2009. Now yeah, I'm only yeah, allowing yeah. you one piece of advice. What's the piece of advice that would be most valuable to you? Okay. Um, well, the flippant one is don't bother with the Evian misting water spray <laughs> because that never <laughs> that never got out of the bag. That was the idea that a light misting of water at any point would be what would you stop would everything. need. Yeah. Oh, that's, I'll just lightly miss the equivalent of the water. epidural. You wouldn't have needed it. <laughs> that's it. Oh, I missed it now. I'm fine. Um, but in all seriousness, the thing that I think I did take into my second labour and that I would, um, I think in my first labour, I should have insisted on pushing a bit longer. When they said, oh, look, this, well, no, we're not really medically concerned. I, I kind of should have said, look, well, then let's just wait. And I think I would rather have pushed a bit longer. I think I could maybe have avoided the forceps aspect of the whole thing. I mean, I would probably still nice. have had an episiotomy. I'm not, it's not that I'm still obsessed with the episiotomy. Episiotomy is our destiny. They are. That's it. That's it. It was written in the stars. I was going <laughs> to have one. But, um, but yeah, because the second time with John, uh, again, they said, oh, we're not sure. We think yeah, we think we need to get this baby out. And I said, no, 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 please give me a little bit longer. I think I can do it. I think I can. If I push a bit longer, I'm sure I can get them out. And I did. So you were right. I was right. 
and you know and you never know and obviously you must always listen to the medical professionals and I do believe that you know it's they are they are always acting in your best intentions and it's not just that they want to get it done you know they they genuinely believe they're doing what's right for you but having said that I think um you know I did I I knew definitely the second time I was like I know that this this can happen I, I feel mm. some sort of gut instinct or something but I feel like it's going the right way and let's leave it a little bit longer so listen to your listen to the experts listen to the experts but and then also trust yourself. yourself yeah and yeah, yeah. and I think I, my sense of vulnerability the first time was was certainly lessened the second time I sort of felt like actually you know I'm strong I'm powerful I can do this and I think that sort of made a a difference to to how bolshy I was prepared to be <laughs> in the end. So bolshy and entitled. And it was good, but yeah, so the second time, you know, when John came out, I was like, boom, there's a baby, woo! By that point, you were a pro. You yes, were working the Apollo. that's it, that's it. I, oh, I mean, I was hilarious in the final stages of that labour. <laughs> they talk about it still. <laughs> I'm sure they do talk about it still. I'm going like, to go oh back to UCH God, and hunt that. them down and say, was she the funniest of all yeah, of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to... Just if, to verify for if you could well in fact when um lovely melissa the consultant came in the first time with emily uh and she said oh, i do you know i think i know i think i saw you do a gig <laughs> at the dulwich the uh, the dulwich tavern and um even though i'm in the middle of this incredibly traumatic labor the stand-up comedian instinct kicked in and I went, oh, really? What, which gig was that? <laughs> I need to know. I need to know. Make sure it was a good one. Yeah, did, it. I, did I die? Or <laughs> well, thank you very much. And that final lesson, I think, um, I'm probably going to take and I'm going to write it. One of those paper lanterns that you get at weddings that people let off into the Don't bother atmosphere. with the Evian misting spray, that Don't one. Don't bother with it. And I'm going to let it off and it's going to catch fire and burn a farmer's field. Oh, because we don't have any best. lessons in this podcast. We only have stories. We only have dead cows. Yes. Thank you very much indeed. Such a pleasure. I feel I've, I've given birth again. I've been it's through it all again. It was cathartic. Thank you, my love. Thank you. Thanks for listening to One Torn Every Minute. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review us. See you next week. Television history is contained in the box of delights. I've climbed up Nelson's column once before. These are small. And put it down in front of Bagpuss. I'm Julia Rayside. Join me and my guests as we dip into our favourite TV memories. Suppose Martin has like bashing head like this. You can't tell me what to do. You ain't my mother. I love when a plan comes together. Come and tell us what yours are too. We've all been told we can't discuss nominations. It's a bit of car air. Shut up. Put a novel on the top. I think I like you, Lovejoy. Find us on Twitter at Box lights pod and listen wherever you get your podcasts great big owl when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.